Welcome back to another volume of Truly Disturbing Tales from Reddit. Today we're going to be narrating three new and settling stories taken directly from the platform. I encourage you all to sit back, grab a snack, and enjoy these terrifying personal accounts. Now, without any further delay, let's jump right in. This happened in the fall of 1993 when I was 20 years old. In the interest of context, this was before I started college, and I was working in the material prep department of a plastics factory during the night shift. I was the only woman in the department, and my male coworkers were initially skeptical that I could even handle the job, but I proved myself and earned their respect. It was hard work, but on the plus side, it also put me in the best shape of my life. It was also about the same time that I dumped my abusive boyfriend. He was verbally, emotionally, and physically abusive, as well as being an alcoholic. This fact, more than anything, is probably why I got myself into this situation in the first place. I had just gotten off of work. It was nearly 1.30am, and my car was running on fumes, so I stopped at a local gas station to fill up. While I was pumping gas, a woman about my age approached me, looking both nervous and scared. She said that she had been at her boyfriend's house and they had gotten into a fist fight. She'd walked to the gas station to use the payphone and call a friend to pick her up. On her way to the station, a car pulled up as she was walking and the guys inside started catcalling and harassing her. With a slight movement of her head, she indicated a car that was parked off to the side by the gas station dumpsters. I saw a large, light green car maybe a Cadillac or a Lincoln, with at least two, maybe three shadowy figures inside. She said that they had threatened her, and she was too scared to call her friend and wait. The woman was neat, well-dressed, didn't seem high or drunk or anything like that. She just seemed really nervous and freaked out. So I didn't even hesitate. I finished pumping my gas and told her to hop in the car, that I'd take her home. At that time, on a weeknight, there was little traffic, so I booked it right out of the gas station and asked her where she lived. She kept twisting around in the seat to see if the car was behind us, and when I asked her to put her seatbelt on, she ignored me and continued looking for the car. I had assumed that she was just terrified. A few blocks down the road, however, I noticed that she was looking around the car, and she started asking me about money. Where's your purse? Where's your bag? I need money. You need to give me some money. My stomach sank. I had this woman in my car, and now she's going to rob me? But when I thought about it, robbery just didn't make much sense. I was driving a 1985 Chevette, affectionately nicknamed Shitbox, and was wearing my work clothes, a ratty t-shirt and jeans with combat boots. I did not look like a person with a lot of cash, primarily because I wasn't a person with a lot of cash. She twisted around in the seat again and started yelling. There they are. There they are. She didn't sound scared anymore, though. I checked the rear view, and sure enough, that light green car is right behind us. She started cackling and bouncing up and down in the seat. My boys are going to fuck you up, bitch. They're going to fuck you up. She's laughing like crazy, opening the glove box, looking in the back for a bag or purse, telling me all the messed up shit these guys are planning to do to me. Now, if I had been smart, I would have just driven to the police station. 
Actually, if I had been very smart, I would have called the cops from the gas station and waited with her until they arrived. That would have been the intelligent thing to do, but unfortunately, none of this crossed my mind until later. In the moment, I just got really, really f***ing angry. I realized three things all at once. One, there was an intersection up ahead with cars on either side waiting to cross, and the light had just turned yellow. Two, I had a spare box cutter that I kept for work in the driver's side door compartment. Three, the crazy bitch still hadn't put on her seatbelt. At this point, I didn't think. I floored it, passed under the yellow light just as it turned red. I glanced back to see if the green car was still behind me, but the cross traffic at the intersection had started to move, and the green car hadn't caught up. The bitch started yelling. That's when I slammed on the brakes, and she hit the dash and windshield with a solid and viciously satisfying crack. When she rebounded to the passenger seat, I had the box cutter in her face, and was screaming some serious batshit crazy things at her. I can't remember exactly what I said, but it was along the lines of, get the fuck out, get the fuck out of my car before I cut off your face and make you eat it, bitch. The crazy screaming and box cutter combo worked. She grabbed blindly at the handle and popped the door open, and I began shoving and punching her until the bitch tumbled out the door to the curb. I stomped on the gas, got to the next turn, and squealed around it with a passenger door, still open. I made a few more turns because I was afraid that the green car might catch up to me. After a little while, I stopped to close the passenger door, then I cut across town to get on the highway to head home. I was on the highway for nearly five minutes before the shake started. I pulled off to the shoulder to calm down and try to get my shit together before continuing the drive home. I told my older sister, who I was living with temporarily after the breakup with my ex, everything that had happened. She wrapped me in a tight bear hug while simultaneously yelling about how stupid I was for not going to the police. I can tell you now, I've never been so glad to be yelled at in my life. At the time of this story, I was 11 years old and living in a nice suburban area with my family. We had recently moved into this house that my parents had built, and it was our first quote, home, versus being a rented house in a sketchy area. And this was a very nice neighborhood by comparison. The whole family made friends quickly with lots of our neighbors, but especially the ones three doors down. They had a daughter my age, I'm a guy by the way and a daughter five years younger, which happened to be the same age as my younger sister. Our parents got along well, and we began hanging out quite a bit for barbecues at their house or parties at our house. Friendships were formed quickly and seemed to be very strong. After a year or so, I started realizing things weren't quite what they seemed. I remember seeing police cars at their house a few times in the evenings, and when I'd ask my parents what was going on, it was always nothing just checking in on them type answers. I was no genius, but at 11, I knew that that didn't add up. Why would the cops check up on them and not check up on us? One day, I'm at the neighbor's house playing and hanging out when the daughter goes across the street to get another mutual friend of ours, which left me and the father alone in this house. This was not really a big deal as it had happened before, but then he approached me and things seemed just a little off. I still don't know what made me feel this way, 
but I was uncomfortable and started thinking about leaving. About five minutes later, he tells me that he has something cool to show me. I don't remember what it was, but I think that it was something about baseball cards, which I was very fond of as a child. I excitedly started to follow him when he pulled the attic ladder down and asked me to follow him, which I started to do without hesitation at first. Then something happened and I still can't quite process what it was. He was ahead of me on the ladder and when he looked back to help me into the attic, there was something that raised alarm bells in my mind. Something about his eyes, his face, his grin. It just wasn't right. It looked evil. I can still see it clear as day and can't recognize exactly what it was that set those alarms off. But whatever it was, it was plenty because I jumped off the ladder and ran out the door in one fell swoop. I sprinted all the way back home and was choking back tears when I burst through my front door. Mom was there when I came through and she could see that I was obviously out of sorts and tried to start calming me down. As I came back to my senses, I explained what had happened. My mom was concerned with how scared I was but mostly brushed it aside, telling me that I was just being silly and that whatever had happened probably wasn't as major as I made it feel. I sh** you not though. The same exact night, I was woken up at around 3am. It was my mom sitting on my bed and as I awoke, she pressed me to her chest and held me like a baby. I remember how she smelled and how tightly she held me and I remember her tears hitting my cheek. Eventually, I saw out the window to the neighbor's house, which was surrounded by police and fire trucks. The neighbor dad had killed himself and his daughter in the attic after a long standoff with the police. There isn't a single doubt in my mind, nor my mother's, that that would have been me had I made it all the way into the attic. Even years later, I still get chills thinking about this. So, neighbor man, even in the afterlife, let's not meet again. Back when I lived in the rural Midwest, nearly a decade ago now, I lived in a house right off of the highway. My house was right between one town and another, almost nearly on the county line. Our house had a big circular driveway. If you drove in the driveway, you would be going straight towards our barn. If you curved right, you could pull into our garage. If you went past the garage, you would circle around in front of the house and pull out back where you started. Our house had two large double doors in the front, which we rarely used. We would mainly use the door that was inside the garage. One night, very late, our doorbell rang. My husband, my three-year-old daughter, and I were all asleep. It woke me up, and I thought that maybe I was dreaming. But then it rang again. That's when I woke my husband up. He thought that I was just hearing things until it rang again. It was very dark outside, nearly pitch black, but we have a dusk to dawn light, so most of the driveway is pretty lit up. Unfortunately, you can't really see out the front doors unless you open the door to look out. You can open just one at a time, or you can open both of them by using two latch-like things that are in the top and the bottom of one of the doors. My husband gets up from bed. I closely follow behind him. 
He decides that he's going to open the door. I want to call the cops, but because we live on the county line, we know it's going to be a while before anyone can get here. He opens the door to a girl, maybe in her early 20s. She looks normal, except for the fact that she's standing at my door in the middle of the night. I look past her, and her car is pulled into my driveway just off of the road, but not quite up to the house, not around the circle either. She says that she needs to use the phone. She says her car battery died or something. She's not sure, but she can't get it to start. I told my husband, no fucking way. This is how horror movies start, and we offer to call the cops, which would be the county sheriff. She asks over and over to come in and make the call, but I'm not letting her in. We tell her we will call, and that's when she kind of stomps off. We watch her walk back to the car, maybe 50 feet away. I can see the car. I can see her. I call the cops. They say they'll be out as soon as they can, give me an estimate of about 15 minutes. Although, they don't sound very concerned, and at this point, I'm not really that concerned either. I mean, it's just a girl after all. She probably does have a dead battery. But that's when she heads to the trunk, pops it open, no lights come on. She rummages around in the trunk. Then, the driver's side door opens. Out steps a guy. Then back passenger door opens. Out steps one more guy. Now they're all rummaging around in the trunk. No lights on. All I can see is their silhouette. I can't hear a thing. Can't hear them talking. Can't quite tell what they're doing. But all in unison, they get back in the car. At this point, maybe five minutes have gone by, and I'm silently praying that the sheriff puts his foot on the gas and gets here quickly, but I know it's going to be another ten minutes or so. They just sit there, in the car, lights off, not moving. I can't see them when they're in the car, but obviously I know they're in there. I know they didn't get out of the car and walk past the house because they would have had to walk right under the dusk to dawn light. I would have seen them. I think I see the driver light up a smoke, but that part I'm not quite sure about. But then I see something else. Someone. Walking towards the car from the right of our property coming from the direction of our barn. It's another man, and I have no idea who this is. We don't have a neighbor for at least another mile around us, and this man is coming from the back of our property, which ends in a creek. He walks under the dusk to dawn light, straight to the car, doesn't even look at the house, just strolls to the car and gets in. The car starts up without an issue, and they slowly back out of my driveway and make a turn to head north. The cops arrive about 10 minutes later, and at this point, I'm totally freaking out. They search around the property, but can't find a thing. Ask us if we got a license plate number, but they were parked too far away. Cops tell us to call back if the party happens to return. Sure, buddy. Thanks. My husband heads to our garage, grabs his shotgun from the locker, and we try to get back to sleep. Those people never came back, I don't know who they were, and I certainly don't know what they wanted, but I doubt it was just to make a phone call. Had it just been the three people in the car, I would have only been half as creeped out as I was. The fact that they had another person with their group just casually stroll out from behind our house to rejoin them added to my angst more than just a touch. 
but them effortlessly starting the car after that being the stated reason for their presence in the first place and simply pulling out into the night really drove those chills into the depths of me. And that's actually what prompts me to say, creepy people in a car without a dead battery, I pray you don't come back and I'll be happy to never meet you again.